Dogs dominate number 11, Oregon, 49 to three. And what turned out to be one of the most gorgeous weekends in Atlanta, Georgia. As always, I'm Cheeto and with me is Keegan. Dog Nation, welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. Wow. 49 to three. We had our little predictions coming into the game. I think we were both around 38, 38 to 17, 38 to 13. I don't think any of us could have foreseen how dominant the dogs were going to look, especially after all of the talk of dogs losing this. How are they going to replace this? Um, Keegan, your initial thoughts on how just how precise the offense was defense not everything that we wanted but we saw a bunch of good things like what are your immediate takeaways from that game on Saturday well as I was watching it I remember saying to myself they just can't be stopped right now like they're literally on fire they've gone seven to seven on third down like they've really been able to get good pressure on Stetson Bennett and he's unfazed he's able to step out as he needs to he was doing to Oregon what Bryce Young had done to us in the SEC championship game. I mean, he just really, like, was able to dial it in on a level that we hadn't seen yet. And overall, like, Oregon got mollywhopped, I think is what <laughs> is how they put it. I think in, that's a fair term. In yeah. certain areas, yes. And it it just seemed to me like they were just outclassed, outcoached, outplayed, and for Georgia to – start off the season on such a high note a lot of our questions that we talked about last week they were answered you know how how good would the defense be with all the all the guys going to the nfl how how could the in, the offense improve would stetson get any better how would the tight end talent issue go and and how would they manage that and what young guys would step up we saw all that we'll get to it and it was overall just a great Great time to be a dog starting off this 2022 season. Great, great start to the season. And we're definitely going to hop into all of that. I wanted to take a second, though, for all of my fans who are listening here to the podcast that were in Atlanta. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a fan that did, would not say, I've been to many tailgates. I've been to many dog games. The atmosphere in Atlanta for this game was damn near perfect. It, it was damn near perfect. The weather was beautiful. The the place where we tailgated, um, if you've been to Mercedes-Benz for um, a Falcons game recently or Atlanta United, like you may be familiar with the area, we were in the Home Depot tailgating backyard, as they call it. Uh, I mean, it was – you couldn't ask for better better weather. A little hot, but we got some overcast, which was nice. Just the setup, the tents, the Oregon fans that we saw were um, very cordial, very happy to be there. And we also got to talk about some of these dog fans too, because what I, the last thing I want for dog fans is to turn into Alabama fans. I saw a lot of on social media. I know every fan base has them, but like too much like barking in people's faces and getting in fights. Like I, I really like for us to be able to win without being douchebags, if that's possible. But again, you're always going to have those. But besides that, 
Comic-Con was also in town. So like it was, uh, oh, wow. it was, it was a sight to see. And I wanted to ask you, Keegan, I don't know if you follow any specific like shows or comics or, uh, magnas, mangas, whatever they call it. Um, yeah. if you were at Comic-Con and you did a cosplay thing, what would you go as? What would be your go-to? Because I saw every type of everything you can imagine out there on Saturday. It was, it was. I awesome. mean, I, I think I might have to stay inside for a couple of weeks <laughs> so I get a nice crisp John Snow going. Okay, you know, I like just, it. Just, just get my uh, my pale Northerner in in full full gear, and then maybe maybe I rock that. You know, re- return to Winterfell in, right in the ATL. <laughs> now, if I if I was going to nerd about, out, what about you? Yeah. If I was going to nerd out, like honestly. Like you, you probably know me. Like I'd probably pull up like as Master Chief or something like that. Go back to my my Halo roots <laughs> since I know that. Or uh, Cloris Balerion from the new House of the Dragon Game of Thrones. Like get those white those white dreads in there, just like shaking the things. Balerion still all the things, man. I I definitely do that. But yeah, I thought that was really cool to see because you they do it in San Diego a lot, Comic Con, Dragon Con, all the things. But to see it in Atlanta was a uh, it, it was it was out there my sister was just like look at all these <laughs> she she was not being very nice she was like look at all these freaks out here it's like chill it's common <laughs> don't be like that but it was it, it was a lot of fun man we, we had a great time tailgating the atmosphere just led to a great game led to a great kind of after we went and got some food and all these things it, the weekend was a movie as my squad liked to say the weekend was an absolute movie but um, had a blast, had a blast. Um, hey, well that's that's good to hear, man. I was I was looking for you on the jumbotron, but yeah, I, we didn't I, we didn't I, make I it. All was red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't make it. But yeah, a lot of red out there. Again, the Oregon fans they traveled, but it, it sucks coming all that way just to drop three points and to get and to get embarrassed like that. So I hate it for him. But listen, UJ's on a roll right now. Kirby has got a program looking to really establish itself as the next dynasty in college football. So it is what it is. Appreciate y'all coming. Um, but I also wanted to touch on the LSU game a little bit and how we can kind of see how our program has kind of deviated from where LSU has come from since that national championship back in 2019 with Joe Burrow. Like I said, they, they were going to lose because of Brian Kelly and they did lose last, last second field goal to Florida state. Both teams were pretty bad. So I don't think either team really needs to be like two up or two down. They were both bad, but, I think it says a lot about our program that we were able to lose 15 draft picks as opposed to LSU's 14 and to maintain this excellence, um, which just, again, kind of shows you the effort that Kirby's putting in on the recruiting trail uh, week to week. And then let's definitely talk about Stetson because Stetson played lights out. I think the actual numbers he went from, what is it? 19. Yeah. No, hundred to one to 19 to one, as far as a Heisman favorite, putting him third right now. So all this walk-on stuff, <laughs> he's gone to a Heisman favorite. This kid's putting in work. This this offense is so multiple, you can't stop it. The running backs, the wide receivers, the tight ends are all involved at all times. It's really hard to to prepare for this offense and how they're going to attack you. Thoughts? Yeah, I think Stetson said it best. You know, he's real honest. He's like, if if I, you know, I got all these playmakers around me, it's like, how how couldn't I do well? It's like, you know, he didn't say that verbatim, but that was what he was saying. It's no, it's like a message. That, he kind of, he kind of shrugged it off. It's like, you know, how couldn't I do well? But Stetson did like make plays on, on his feet. Uh, he, he was able to change the game in a way that a quote unquote game manager just doesn't do. So 
obviously he has evolved his game. And that was kind of the question we'd asked, like, uh, and year to year, I mean, it was a big difference last year versus the prior year versus, you know, even back when he was playing Baker Mayfield, like he's one of these players that has shown a steady progression, getting better and better and better. And obviously it makes a big difference just with your knowledge of psyche when you can prepare adequately, get in an offense uh, for, you know, multiple years and then have, all the reps going into the season, no COVID, no uh, second string, third string, fourth string games. Like you, you got all the preparation and it's really showed out. And what the crazy thing is, is it's awesome that, you know, he's got the Heisman odds and it's, it's great, you know, watching ESPN sports center, seeing Stetson, you know, up in the charts, making these plays. But the bigger thing for me is, is if he can sustain this, yes, like he will get that, you know, offer potentially to go to New York, maybe even a Heisman Trophy, maybe movies to come, et cetera. But the main thing is let's keep it down to reality. Week to week, can he continue to build off what he's done, which is what he's done a really, really good job of. So I think for Stetson, it's not anything but uh, just keep doing what you've been doing, keep chopping. And, yeah, like he, he's turned into a certified baller. I mean, he's a six-year senior that – you know, a lot of times those kind of guys are – they've been around that long because they have been too complacent. They haven't got good enough year to year. He's a dangerous weapon. He's got the leadership. Uh, Kirby really trusts him, and, I mean, he's he's done an excellent job in that first game. So, yeah, couldn't be happier. It, it really was a great start, and considering, like, no disrespect to Sanford or Kent State, who are coming up as far as home games with South Carolina sandwich in between, but – I had a, I've got an opportunity to go to San, the Sanford game next week, but how do you go from a game like this to, for me, a three-hour drive for a game that's going to be 50 to zero at halftime, like with all due respect, like this was, this was a great start. And once SEC play starts for this team, I think you'll have the challenge and that emotion come back into it. But for now, you know, enjoy that win because it's going to be a couple cupcakes here and hopefully with the schedule changes, it may change, but I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to, I'll bring up a random conversation that we had after, after the game, we went to go eat. I guess somebody had a steak or somebody had a burger or something like that. And in relation to Oregon, because one of my friends uh, was talking about how uh, domesticated cows, right. How their sole purpose at this point is, is to be eaten or is to be farmed and how they would not be able to survive in the wilderness. And to be honest, we talked about Oregon's linebackers going into the game but really they look like a bunch of domesticated cows out there. Like <laughs> their, their one purpose <laughs> is for food and throw them into a wild with a bunch of dogs and like, they will not survive. So you can't, th you can't throw them in the wild without human assistance. Cause it's adios. And, and that's what it looked like. And the dogs were so hungry. And these are all, these are all American type, all conference type linebackers who I really don't remember them having much of an impact whatsoever. So it's a, uh, it's not what you want. Offense, 439 passing yards on the day with 571 total. Um, defense, we saw the two picks. We saw the freshman, Michael Williams, have an impact. We saw Malachi Starks with a, an interception that rivals, as far as difficulty, rivals Keely Ringo's last year in the national championship game. Although his was a pick six, that was one of the most impressive interceptions I've ever seen, just being completely honest with you. And beautiful catch. Beautiful it's, the, catch. it's the kind of thing you it's the kind of thing you uh, only pull off on bounce pads. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> like, for real. Like like seven on seven. Like yeah, real. you're not yeah, you're not 
in game doing that. But I think that goes to show some of the new household names that are going to take place on this defense this year. So things to watch. And then sure. something I'm going to say all year long, the Kenny and Kendall show, the season premiere of the Kenny and Kendall show was a success. I think they broke record numbers as far as viewership and it's going to be a great season because those two are, I think Kenny McIntosh led our players in receiving yards, nine catches, 117. Kendall Milton had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Again, just so many threats. Defensive coordinators are going to lose a bunch of sleep getting ready for this Georgia program. I wanted to brag on Stetson just one more because I, I was one of the ones, again, who really thought JT Daniels was the better quarterback, but Stetson has gone and earned it. And if you look at his last three games, his last three games against Bama, Michigan, and Oregon, really good opponents are the best three games of his career. I think that says that says so, so much. This kid is getting better. His QBR was great last year, but I think now it's now they're going to ask him to do more, give him more 25 to 30 attempts per game. He's got the yardage now, rushing touchdown, passing touchdown. He can make – if this offense gets any better than this, just watch out. Just watch out. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, like, it's that progression. He's going to keep getting better, and I think if, if he can actually pull that off, then – you know, Georgia's going to be in a, an amazing place on offense. And, you know, God forbid anything happened to Stetson. Carson Beck looked really solid out there. You know, he was able to toss the rock a good bit and stay poised. And I was impressed with what he was able to do as well. So, um, QB room is looking good for Georgia. And, you know, the thing is, is Oregon is recruited really well. Dan Land's a good coach. Bo Nix is a solid baller, you know, upside guy, kind of guy. He's got a lot of potential. But, you know, they they just kind of got dismantled. And the thing about Georgia is, is you don't know until you know how good you really are and you don't know exactly how good Oregon is. You, it's all these kind of things that play out later on. So for Georgia, they have to kind of maintain their own standard. They can't make the bar, the Oregon game, the Bama game, the Michigan game, because they're kind of in the echelon now where they really have to, like, do that week to week. Focus on their standard. Us. This week's got to, you know, yeah, they're playing Stanford, but, you know, it's all about cleaning up the mistakes they got away with with Oregon. You yes. know, the kind of mistakes that, you know, a Bama and Ohio State, a Clemson, any of these kind of teams that will, you know, challenge them, they, they're going to have to clean up those mistakes. Because the thing is, is if Georgia plays as well as they played at Oregon or better, any of those teams that really could compete with Georgia – I don't really see them, you know, like really. I don't think we lose to anybody. Georgia. I don't think we lose I don't to anybody we, if we would have played anybody week one like that. Who's going to beat you? Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing Georgia has to keep in mind that that, but it's going to require that level of play for 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 us to make those kind of statements and feel feel uh, with like there's any kind of confidence to lean on because if Georgia's playing sloppy or if they get really complacent or you know some of those mistakes don't get cleaned up because. It's all about the film, you know. They're like, oh, that was a touchdown, but, you know. And we know Kirby's not going to allow that. I think that's the confidence that we can have in this team. Kirby's just not going to allow that. Exactly, exactly. So you got to feel good about it. I heard there was a, what, complacent practice yesterday. Mm -hmm, But a good one the day before, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, Kirby calls these things out. He's going to be pushing them to, you know, take it to the next level. But we saw uh, a freshman, Michael Williams, start. On the defense, we saw Malachi start. She made that big interception. We were just talking about start. You know, two young guys who will definitely need to continue to clean their game, 
continue to uh, learn as much as they can, soak up as much as they can from the veteran leadership around them because they have the talent to be freshmen that will be making big flashes. And, like, the funny thing is, is last year it was big freshmen that anchored in the offense. And we had the injuries when we needed guys to step up. Brock the Bowers. production came. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Brock Bowers, Lab McConkey, A.D. Mitchell. Like, these guys were the offensive young talent that anchored that offense that propelled everyone else who was there waiting. Like, we needed some guys to step up. We had those guys step up. It made all the difference in the national championship game throughout the season. But the funny thing is, is like now it's the, on the defensive side of the ball. We yes. need some young guys to step up. So it's kind of flipped, but we got Michael Williams like in there. Like, you know, I didn't really see him make big plays. If I had a critique immediately in general, I did not see Bo Nix get quite as much pressure as I'd have liked to Facts. see. They kept him in the pocket, but it wasn't as yeah. much havoc as we would like as our standard. Yes. Right. And, you know, we're going to have to, you know, either be getting it from four or we're going to have to find creative blitzes to kind of dial in because, you know, uh, a, maybe a more composed, more accurate passer, who you know, is not making those mistakes or whatever. It, that kind of guy is going to take advantage of that kind of time. So we're going to have to work on that. But like Michael, Malachi, Marvin Jones Jr., like uh, we got a host of like five star cornerbacks uh, and Singletary and Everett. You know, like these guys are the guys that could be what the offense had last year. And it looks like it's that kind of season for them, which is awesome because Georgia's got some ballers lying in wait. And we saw from this last game, they were able to make, you know, quite an impact. We're talking about it days later. So that's what it's going to take for this defense getting forward. And that's why, you know, maybe on like the paper media, you know, better – uh, all these little things that have money involved with the game, you know, they might look at a game like Sanford and be like, oh, I can, you know, kind of roll your eyes. And like from those vantage points of looking at the football, uh, the game in general, you know, it, it makes sense. But like for uh, Marvin Jones Jr., who wants to get more reps, for a Carson Beck, you know, for, uh, you know, any anybody really. These games are important. Game and play these games do really matter. And that's the kind of thing we're looking at, you know, when we're we're thinking at it, taking a deeper look. I'm excited to see, you know, who gets some playing time because we assume Georgia will be up after a bit, you know, to get some young guys in. And that and that's the kind of thing that we're going to need because, yeah, this defense has holes to fill. Game one went well. That doesn't mean anything is guaranteed later in the season. So we need these young guys to continue to develop. And that's that's kind of what I was like feed into. And just thinking about that connection, offensive guys, young guys last year stepped up. This and look year, at them this year. Same thing. As a young yeah. player, how do you not look at A.D. Mitchell, Lad McConkey, Brock Bowers? These guys have – you could tell they're super confident in the system now. They're sharp. They know they're blocking. That score that Lad McConkey had on the end of round when it was A.D. Mitchell and Brock Bowers who are literally yes. shoving defenders out of the screen, it may not be sexy. It, you may not get like a huge stat for it but NFL scouts drool over things like that. Those are the things that make an offense hum, that give scoring opportunities when it could have just been a first down or a heavy game. Those are the differences. And those are the things that the, the freshmen that are making plays now, don't get too big for your britches. Stay, stay in the model of consistency that Kirby and them have dug out for you and learn how to do the small things. That's what makes a championship team. That's the difference between wins and losses first downs and touchdowns 
It's, it's those things. And you can see it from the second year players that had their opportunity to shine, but no, now let me continue to do the work, not worry about the hype and the social media and the yada, 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 go back to work. Bottom line. Exactly. And uh, on top of that, on top of that, I think what you can also see from this offense, whether it was intentional or just uh, like a game plan thing or a message to recruits that you can come in this offense and be a contributor of a high scoring offense. It may not be just wide receiver, the quarterback, but look at, again, looking at what Stetson did. Stetson after this game is now approaching $1 million or so in total, as far as his NIL, the walk-on is because of, because of his consistency and because of his growth and production. $1 million. He was named the Walter uh, camp player of offensive player of the week. I mean, think of, think of the humble beginnings, staying, being at Georgia, transferring out, transferring back and being considered an easy number two behind JT Daniels, who has gone now, who did not play as well as Stetson in their week one debuts. I, I think recruits see that and they see if you have talent and you've got the right mindset, you can not only will you be successful here, you're going to have fun. You're going to make money. And then you're going to go to the NFL and re- make real money, generational life changing money. I think it's great for recruits and hopefully we'll start to um, see the benefits or reap the benefits of that fruit very soon as a program. Yeah, I think that it does show that, that, you know, it's not daddy ball. I mean, look at the guys that Kirby has made walk, you know, just at, at QB, like who he's been willing to play and who he's not like, he's got his eye on, you know, what he's got his eye on. And he, mm-hmm. he kind of knows what he's looking for. Knowing, no one but Kirby knows what they're looking for. If I had to guess, I see, you know, above all, like, he's not looking for upside. He's not looking for five stars. He's looking for, can I trust this person to not lose the game for us? You know, and that's why, you know, someone like uh, Stetson was such a solid option last year, even though, uh, you know, the perspective of him maybe publicly, at least then, was that like okay? Here's the guy that will do okay. You know, we not a gun we really, Yeah, we we weren't super hype on Stetson, but we were like, okay, he's he's an, he's a vet and he's played in the system. And hey, Kirby Chester, that was kind of the the essential roundabout vibe. And you know, there were those who were just didn't want him to be out there at all. Understandably, we had some talent in the wings with JT, but you know, Stetson now has made those steps forward. And, yeah, like, that's the story to watch. Like, you know, we might be talking about boneheaded plays three weeks from now. We don't know. But, you know, this Stetson Bennett uh, saga has Rudy, uh, you know, or better (laughs) storylines all over it. And I think that, gosh, if he did somehow make it to New York, uh, somehow, I mean – the heavens will open up when Stetson Bennett, you know, wins a Heisman. But, you know, let's just say he did that. That is like the sports movie waiting to be made in the future. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. And that will be the uh, Stetson – we'll just call it the, the Stetson movie uh, segment. <laughs> we'll just be checking in on that, seeing how that's just playing out. Updates, yeah. yeah, yeah, the box office review. It's a, it's a wait, movie in yeah. wait. And I'm already starting exactly. to see things on social media after this game, like – now people are starting to get on board and, and again i'll be the first to say that i was not early on but some, some with, people good do reason, the sen- with, good, with good reason with honestly good, but with, he went out and earned reason. it but you, these yeah. people that do the senior bowl and trent dilfer from nfl network or wherever he's at now some of them are starting to see that he he is a little bit twitchy he, he he's starting to make 
NFL caliber throws consistently. So some of them, again, I don't know how much his NFL future in lies, what, but like he's starting to show flashes. And, yeah. you know, speaking of NFL, it is first week of NFL starting tomorrow. We got the opener, uh, the LA Rams versus Buffalo. And I know those of you out there who play fantasy got a couple of Georgia players on your team, whether it's Nick Chubb all the way down to George Pickens and, and so forth. But I wanted to give just a special welcome, a special, special welcome to Keegan, who is the newest <laughs> member of our league in Fantasy Island. And we we plan to welcome him with a couple a couple losses, but hopefully he can hold his own. But uh, let's see. Let's see what we've got. You are Bushnaki. Tell me how you say it. Bushnaki. Bushnaki yeah, Bunyan. Bushnaki yeah. Bunyan. So Bunyan. I wanted yeah. to wish everybody out there who uh partakes in fantasy this is a great time of the year three months of just football all the way around and uh can't wait man cannot wait cannot wait hey, yeah micah hope you're ready hey <laughs> you got micah first week so, <laughs> so yeah a bunch of close friends if anything yes, honestly do. it's good just to keep in touch as you get older you know life happens kids new jobs new cities it's a good way to stay in touch so good way to keep a keep a keep in touch with the old dog old dog DGDs who are here and are now on the professional level too. So it's a it's a win all the way across the board. Absolutely. Love that. Love it too. Speaking man. of speaking of some DGDs, you know, Dan Lanning, a lot of talk about Dan Lanning going into this game. Uh will it make a difference? You know, this, you know, the familiarity, you know, on both sides of the football, like uh coaches that used to coach at Oregon, now coaching at Georgia. What's your thoughts on the Dan Lanning aspect of this? And what are your thoughts on Dan Lanning moving forward with Oregon? Um, I, I think right now it's gonna be it's gonna be very hard to get a true representation of Dan Lanning and what he's gonna bring to this program. He he ran into a team that not only is a buzz buzzsaw, but he ran into a team that makes buzzsaws afraid <laughs> of, of what they fear. You know, this was this was just, he was just out of his league here. He, he, I think he tried to get ready for what he thought was going to happen. And we flipped the playbook on him as far as the offense defense was very consistent. Bo Nix always struggles. Will Muschamp is Will Muschamp in truth is, has the experience of three Dan Lannings. And it is what it is like not saying that Dan Lanning doesn't have an opportunity to be better defensive mind than Muschamp was or is, but he's not right now. And they yeah. just got outclassed. They will bounce back. Teams always make the biggest improvements from week one to week two or two to three. So expect them to clean it up and really compete with another Pac-12 team in Utah who lost to Florida. And shout out to Billy Napier. Again, hate the Florida Gators just as much as anybody. But I told y'all, I told y'all Billy Napier is going to have this program rolling pretty quick. So Florida and Tennessee, those are looking like much better games on our schedule. So shout out to the Florida fans. You ain't done nothing yet. Go see Kentucky and then we'll talk. But – um. Yeah, give Danning some give Dan Lanning some time to recruit a little bit, to put his schemes in for them to, you know, get rolling. He didn't have a whole lot of time. One offseason is not enough. He'll be fine. Slow down. Don't overreact. He'll get there. Yeah. I agree with all that. I think, you know, I looked at the AP poll, you know, we're up to two now. I think we should be one, but that aside, Oregon is not good. ranked yeah, at they all. They dropped. Yeah. They yeah, they, they dropped. dropped out of the poll. But, you know, I don't think that's fair to Oregon. I just think Georgia's that good. That's honest. all there is and to the it. The thing is, the Ducks, they play Eastern Washington this week. I looked at their schedule. You know, that'll be kind of a good cleanup, uh, lick their wounds a little bit against Eastern Washington. I don't know much about them, but that's probably on purpose. And 
the next week they're going to play BYU at home, and BYU is ranked uh, now 21 in the nation. So that'll that'll kind of give them a chance to uh, get some pride back in their belly. Because overall, I'm rooting for Dan Lanning, Oregon, and the uh, the Pack. However, yeah, for the rest of the season, I'm a Duck fan. For the rest of the season, yeah, truly, like I'm yeah, I, I I've rocked them, and you know, honestly, in the West, I'm you know, I'm a Sam Pittman fan. I want the uh, I want the Razorbacks to do things in the West, shake it up a little bit. So, uh, exactly. I think uh, Dan Lanning's got a lot of work ahead of him, but I think Oregon's going to be back in the conversation. Who knows? We might end up playing them again. We'll see. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But exactly. as, as it stands now, I think it, I think it goes to show that Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, I wasn't super impressed by Clemson, but they did get the win and they did pull away at the end. So that'll work for them. But I think, and again, we'll see a huge improvement. But right now, I think some of the teams that are – some of that cream is going to start rising to the top really, really, really quick. So that's college football, though. It's a week-to-week. And as dog fans, we just – we're worried about SEC play. Even though we won that game, that'll go a long way. Once we go to South Carolina, it's going to start all over. Tennessee, Florida, Missouri, exactly. Vandy, all those guys. So let's let's keep our priorities in a row in, in order. Our ducks in a row. No pun intended. <laughs> but, um, Yeah. So, Keegan, I appreciate the time today. Dog Nation, it's always a blast being with you guys. And as always, you know what it is. Off the leash. I do it for the dogs.